This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Sona, how's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. <laughs> Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. <laughs> They've so got sad. stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed okay. and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. <laughs> Hi, my name is Dak Shepard, and I feel very optimistic about being Conan O'Brien's friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, the show where I, Conan O'Brien, speak to celebrities, interesting personalities, all in the hopes of finding myself possibly a friend. And I'm talking one that isn't on my payroll, someone who doesn't work for me, a real pal. I'm aided in my quest by my trusty assistant, Sonam Obsessian. Hi. And my producer, Matt Gorley. Hi. Now, today's guest is uh, someone... Someone I have a bone to pick with. We'll talk about that later. Uh, I do love the guy, Dak Shepard. I know we've had some stutter steps, but I'm not giving up on this. You think it's possible? Absolutely. There's a little bit of a, an incident that happened between us that we won't get into right now. We're going to save that just okay. a little bit, which I think caused us... Uh, to uh, fail. A misfire. Fail. It was a misfire yeah. in our attempt to get together and become real friends. And I mean, you, uh, Kristen, and myself, and my wife, Liza, really getting together as a foursome. Yes, a double date. A proper a double, date. double date. A proper double date. Adults, uh, babysitters. Yeah, the whole nine years. Valet parking. <laughs> yeah. Then into the Farmer's Daughter Motel on Fairfax. Exactly. And then we switch it up. We just pop on something exciting. We'll see what happens. No expectations. It's a little angly ice party scene where there's only four of us and uh, we put keys in. And so it's 
if we don't pick our own spouses, nothing exciting has happened. Right. I mean, if we do pick our own spices, our spouses, the best would, I fell apart there. I'm well, listen, the, the best part about that scenario is you and I would be on our you know, respective beds at the Farmer's Daughter Hotel, and we would be so excited about the possibilities, and our wives would be so bummed. Yeah, it's yeah. true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> they yeah. both would be praying that we got our own car keys in that scenario. Yeah. Isn't that a that testament? Exactly, to, that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. That's exactly what would happen. Uh, my, it says a lot about us, you and I. I think it does. <laughs> I think uh, women cringe uh, when we look at them. Uh, but that's not true. You're a real man's man. I'm going to say this about you. Okay. I you're a man. You're a man's man. And I say this because... I visited uh, your house not long ago when we recorded your podcast, mm-hmm. where you had an incredibly comfortable chair, and I did not. But I guess that's your thing. Well, you had a couch. It wasn't that uncomfortable. It wasn't great. I didn't have you, you on a— uh, You know what it was? I'm what? pretty sure there's a fold-out iron bed in that. It's it's one of those kind of— An Iron Maiden? St- yeah. There's a stiff— <laughs> there, It was not a comfortable plush couch. I didn't mm. feel that way. Well, I first of all, I apologize— and, do uh, you though? Yeah, because your chair was, your chair is a lazy boy. It's incredible. It is it's incredible. incredible chair. I gave it up one time on one episode because have you interviewed David Harbor? I have not. You know who he is from Stranger Things? He's yeah. the, the cop. Yeah, he arrived and I was like, this guy's a fucking grizzly bear. Look at this man. He was just such a man that I felt. It would have been inappropriate to not give him that lazy boy chair. That's interesting because I came in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I said, "This is an equal. I'll I'll put him on the couch and I'll keep the preferred that was chair." A good, that was a good save. <laughs> I will say that you are you are the manlier of men because I come to your house and I see first of all this like all terrain vehicle parked on in your compound on a trailer on a trailer but it is one of those things that looks like in the it's a Mad Max post apocalyptic vehicle it's that a, you, it's an LA evacuation evacuation crisis vehicle <laughs> like when the 7.0 hits yeah my family and I will be in that it's a Polaris Razor 4 seater turbo it's that's what I thought nice it was I saw it and yeah. I was like that's a Polaris Razor 4 seater that's, <laughs> that's what I thought I knew you were thinking that and I appreciated that you didn't try to embarrass me. I think you knew what it was and you were afraid, oh, he might not know what he even owns, so I'm not even going to bring it up. And yeah. I respected that. Yeah. There's this great documentary, I especially think you as the owner of a boy should watch. He was uh, quite a, I purchased a boy, that's correct. <laughs> well, <clears throat> you made, you, you. I have a daughter and I have a son, I think that's what you're trying to say. Yes, you have a daughter and a son, and there is a documentary called The Mask You Live In. Have you heard of this? No. Oh my God. I have to bring it up because you're talking about masculinity, and it is uh, all about how we culturally um, lay the foundation of what a boy or a man's supposed to be, right. and pretty much how cancerous <laughs> it is for all of us. Yep. And they kind of lay out four criteria, and as we were learning the criteria, I was with Monica and my wife, and it became abundantly clear what a cliche I am. It was like sexual conquest, that's, that defines manhood, um, fighting, mm-hmm. um, consuming copious amounts of booze or alcohol or, or drugs, yep. and then uh, <clears throat> money, got to make money to be a man. Right. And I was like, oh, that's been driving me since eight years old, those four things all day, every day. I'm one out of four. That's crazy. <laughs> no. Yeah. 
I don't. Uh, I heard you can suck down a eighth of an ounce of kind Kush weed in a single toke. That's what I've been told about you. Uh, I'm glad that that's out there about me. <laughs> Not true. Uh, it's n- it is not true. Okay. Uh, I never uh, I never dabbled much. Never really dabbled at all in drugs. I will say. And uh, the times I've tried, Sweet Mary Jane, I think you guys call it. Oh uh, yeah, that's what we're calling it. Uh, or wacky cigarettes. Uh, uh-huh. The time. The time <laughs> but it was Smigel that told you you would really benefit. Was yes, he the one who Robert Smigel? Are you blown uh, away with my memory or no? Uh, no, it was pretty recent that I. Told okay. You okay. That. So okay. Let's, the fact that you're bragging about <laughs> that know, makes, me, makes me question your memory. <laughs> The fact that the fact that you're like, huh? Remember, I it's I sh- O'Brien, right? Conan O'Brien, right? Pretty good, huh? Um, I, sh- I shocked myself. That's why. Yeah, uh, yeah. Robert Smigel, uh, brilliant uh, writer, and uh, uh, insult the comic dog. In, in, yeah, triumph the insult comic dog, and blah blah blah. And I've known him forever. And when we were at Saturday Night Live together, he said, "You're the only guy I know who would benefit from smoking <laughs> because it would it would calm you down. Um, you're so tightly coiled that mm-hmm. it would if you smoked." The cancer that you would get would still be offset <laughs> by the relaxation of the cigarette. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, you talk about masculinity. I think I've done a pretty good job with my son in setting. I think in a lot of ways a low bar. He gets to make he makes fun of me constantly, mm-hmm. and and uh, I'm very self deprecating around him. I'm not a big sports guy, meaning right. I'm not a, I'm not an incredible athlete. I work out a lot, but I'm not a great. Athlete, and so I have not set that expectation. Mm-hmm. I'm trying very hard. What about to- the stuff like um, "Don't cry"? Oh, I've never told him not to cry. Okay, and I've, what about I've wished privately sometimes he would stop. You know, uh, <laughs> you know. There have been times. There were times when uh, you know when when he would lose it uh, over something that I thought was kind of small, and I'd think like, "Gee, you know, you're, you know, my, my son is in his late thirties, and." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I'd be like, okay, you dropped your donut, but you shouldn't cry. Uh, no, no, my son, uh, no, he doesn't, I've never done that. I've never shamed him for in any way, I don't think. Well, how about this? It, it starts with a very simple observation, which was definitely true where I grew up, which is we almost define boys in opposition to girls. Yeah. And so the worst thing you can be as a boy is to be a girl, is to be feminine. Mm-hmm. And in order of insults on a playground, it is basically you're a sissy, you're a girl. Right. And, it, and it's – so the only thing topping the female thing is then the homophobia. So it's like – so what's tricky is when you're, when you're introducing this concept that to be a girl is bad and, and it's not boy-like – you inadvertently are, are basically establishing a hierarchy of one's better than the other. If, you, right. if you're supposed to avoid that. so And then we get in these very insular clubs because it's very hard for us to emote and to talk about our feelings because we're told not to do that. And then we get old enough where we start drinking. And now we say, I love you. And that's why we drink so we can tell our buddy we love him. And now we're in this little pod. And we've been told our whole lives that being a, a, a woman or a girl is bad. So then that weirdly, we feel superior to them. I think it's all tricky, and I I found myself going like, oh yeah, I I got that software downloaded into me, yeah, but big I, time. But you've uh, <clears throat> it sounds like you are uh, you are unpacking it. I'm trying, but some of it is so. I find this when I'm working on a car, and I I hit my hand and I really draw blood, like it's I'm I'm already frustrated, and then the wrench slips, and then I cut my hand. My f- and I'm ashamed to admit this, but the first word out of my mouth is a homophobic 
pejorative because it's like in my reptilian brain. Like right. on the playground, that was the worst thing you could be called. And you were trying at all times to not be called that. And so it's just, it's, it's cemented in there. And I can't uh, get it out, you know. Right. I know enough in not to do that in real life, but like in a moment where I'm, I got really badly hurt and I'm already frustrated. That weird, that word comes out, and it's cuckoo. Because I'm, I'm not homophobic. I'm trying to <clears throat> relate to you, uh, but I don't work on cars. And the closest I can get to is if I'm watching a PBS documentary on Emily Dickinson. Uh, great, great. And, uh-huh. uh, and, and they uh, leave out the part where she was in love with her gardener out the window. Exactly. And they skip that part, and they say they're going to get to it later. I usually shout out some kind of a slur. Yeah, it, be it racial, homophobic, yeah. something, right? And I worry that my son will see that and feel that I'm less of a man while I'm yes. watching the Emily Dickinson. Yes. But it's very hard. You do have that software. I don't think I have that software. You I, don't? I don't think I have How that. could you have grown up in Massachusetts, or however you guys say it, that's exactly how we say it. How'd you know that? As a exceedingly tall redheaded kid and not have been called names. You weren't oh, oh, called oh. those names? No, no. I was called names. I, uh, I, you know, got into, uh, you know, scrapes every okay. now and then. Okay. Uh, I was, uh, I had my nose broken once, bat very badly in, uh, in the north end of Boston. Uh, At what son. age? I was 18. And I was uh, assaulted by a group. I believe they were young Italian men who didn't think uh, an Irish guy should be in there. I swear to God. It's, it's so, so ironic ridiculous. too, right? It's like an 18th century squabble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. really was like, look, an Irishman <laughs> has come you know, into the Italian section. What is this? Is this 1820? Well, the saddest sociodynamic. If we're going to use words like that, I'm out. That's not even a word. I just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're a strong guy, and you've you've had a lot of experience fighting. Yes. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. How confident are you that, like, right now, if I whipped uh, this podcast headset off <laughs> and came across the room and started swinging, that you'd be able to handle me? I, f- little, I feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. What would my? Do you think I would be a worthy opponent, or and just be honest? I'm. I don't strike you as a well, guy. Be I can, honest. I'll tell you some things. Yeah. You're you're strong. Yeah. I know you exercise a lot. Yeah. I think you're strong. You're bigger than me. I yeah. think you outweigh me probably by 30 pounds or so. Of, that's what do you think? muscle weight. Yeah, you're thin. You're, whatever yeah. you have is mus- muscle. Well, not all of it. But. Did you wrestle with your brothers a lot growing up? Uh, not effectively. Okay. <laughs> I was quickly overwhelmed by my oldest brother, Neil, who was much, much bigger than all of us and would just sit on me and then laugh as I was underneath him. Right. Okay. Well, you know, much like um, uh, Tarzan grew up around apes and he could break it. He could swing from trees like that. Yeah. So my brother was five years older than me and he fought me every hour of every day. And I think that made me a very good wrestler because yeah. I was fighting someone much bigger than me right. and older than me. So right. I feel like my wrestling skills are really on point. I fought my mother physically. Okay. Uh, which didn't go well. She also bested me. <laughs> okay. So then I went after my grandmother who lived in the house with us. Okay. How did you also, do against her? She also won. Which, um, did she employ and her she was walker? In her, she was in her 90s. Okay. All um, right. All but, right. But uh, she... <laughs> No, she used just brute strength. So <laughs> I think you're probably- She also had a mouth like a sailor too, right? She oh had my God. A, the psychological game. Don't get me started it. on that one. <laughs> you know, my grandmother lived in the house with us when we were growing up, and 
she had grown up, she was, uh, had lived a very long time, and she had grown up in Massachusetts during the early 20th century. I mean, I think she was like 22 years old when the Titanic sank. Oh, really? And so she, on St. Patrick's Day, she pulled me aside and she told me, now you're gonna go to school today and all the Protestant kids are gonna tease you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, this is 1975. And you know, I'm, I'm going to this racially mixed public school where you know kids have afros, there's Korean kids, there's, sure. I mean, it's just, no one's thinking about this. Singling out here. And, and she said, you're gonna go to school today and the Protestant kids are gonna laugh, you, and I'm, laugh at you. And I'll never forget this. She said, and they're gonna try and, uh, they're gonna try and rile you. And she said, they're gonna put chalk in your milk. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought like, oh my God, that's something that happened to her right, in right. 1902. Right. Some Protestants put a piece of chalk in her milk and got yeah. the best of Marty Reardon, you know? Yeah. And, and I was like, what? what? And then, of course, I went to school. They're going to put thermal in your oil lamp. Exactly. And when you light it to do your homework tonight, it's going to smoke up the yeah, whole house. Yeah, they're going to exchange your whale oil for seal oil. And the light will be dimmer than you expect. So she, um, and then I got to school and like people are wearing dashikis and, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just like, what do you, but anyway, uh, the point being that this, uh, it this, didn't happen. It didn't happen to you? It didn't happen. I was not uh, mocked for being Irish. I was mocked for being, uh, I got hand-me-down clothes early in my life, and my my pants never fit because my legs grew so fast. Uh-huh. So I was constantly tormented. Okay. Where's the flood? <laughs> hey, where's the flood? Right. Where's the flood? And for a while, I didn't understand it. And then they yeah, said- Yeah, it's complex. And then someone had to explain, if there were a flood, you would raise your pants. And I was like, oh, okay. Just put chalk in my milk then. <laughs> right, right. Let's just cut to the chase. Put yeah. the chalk in my milk. But it makes me think, did you- um, read the first tycoon, the Cornelius Vanderbilt? I've read, I've skipped through it and read pieces of it, but I love it. Oh, I love it. I've read all those, uh, what are they, uh, parishioner, what do you say? Uh, the class, the, those tycoons. Oh, the, yes, yes. The, um, per, 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 you mean that golden age? Yeah, they call it parishioner class. I don't know. At any rate, of all those guys, uh, Carnegie, uh, you know. Uh, Rockefeller. Rockefeller. The most fascinating is Cornelius Vanderbilt because he um, was just a tough son of a bitch. Yeah. And um, he I think got, he grew up just, I think he had like one rowboat when he started. He, he, he did, yeah. He lived and, on a little he, island. Yeah. It was all Dutch people. And uh, he grew it into this steamship empire. But um, the, the, the most famous fighter of the day, some Irishman who was like the champion of New York, uh, said some stuff about him in, in the paper, and then they were having the St. Patrick's Day parade, and Cornelius was uh, on horseback, and the that fighter came out into the street, and he was pretty drunk, and Cornelius got off of his horse and punched out the heavyweight champion, amazing, and it's right. documented in the paper. It's not right. like lore. And uh, yeah, now that's the kind of tycoon I want to read about. Exactly. You don't see Bill Gates knocking any knocking if, out Mike Tyson yeah, at the St. Paddy's Day. Exactly. <laughs> if, uh, if 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 <laughs> yeah, Mark Zuckerberg took out. Uh, <laughs> you said what about McGregor? Facebook? <laughs> you, you, hey McGregor, you said what about <laughs> Facebook? All right, all right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, come here. I'm gonna rip let's your do this ass publicly. Uh, let's do, we're gonna take a break. Oh, we're what gonna take the a fuck break. is that? We take breaks we on here? Yeah, we take breaks okay. on this one. Because you know right. what? Hmm. This thing's a cash cow. Okay, good. Let's make some aren't, money. Aren't these cash cows? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
They are. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we will. Because yeah. I'm, I'm a little worried You've been told it. it's a cash cow, which yeah, is why I've you're sitting here. <laughs> put, a ton, put, a, put a ton of my own money into this, and I'm uh, not seeing anything back. All right, we'll take a break. Hold on. And now for the segment... Conan O'Brien pays off the mortgage on his beach house. Yeah, I hate to bore people with my financial problems. But um, as you know, I got a beach house, but on a nice beach, and then uh, took out a really big mortgage. Mm-hmm. And then took a loan on that mortgage almost immediately. What? Then took a loan on that loan. So... It's so many bad decisions. Yes, I counted. Uh, it's three bad decisions. Yeah. In a very quick succession. I'm okay, uh, everyone's fine, um, kids are going to eat, and there's a roof over our head and everything, but um, I need to get to work. Yeah, you need to make some money. And we must do that now. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, beat. I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. <laughs> well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take Sorry. it. Just take it down. I notch. didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. Uh, so I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. Way. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, yeah. find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone (laughs) cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm-hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling, Miller Lite, or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. 
undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not that's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it in Saturn. <laughs> that's one over one billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. We're back sitting here with uh, Dax Shepard. You really do think we could be friends. Oh, absolutely. You know, I really do. I know that this is like kind of a comedic premise. I recognize that. It's a bit of a comedic premise, but it has some grain of truth in it. Yeah, I would like to discuss the real of it. Yeah. If you're open to it. I am. Maybe you'll have to save this to episode 100 <laughs> where you have a breakthrough or something. Yeah. But in your mind, when you think about the fact that you haven't accumulated a bunch of friends in show business, my assumption is you think it's their fault. Is that yes. accurate? Nothing's my fault. <laughs> well, I mean, it's very human to assume it's the other person doesn't want to be friends with you. Yeah. Is that your assumption? I'm being sincere. Uh, if we're going to do the sincere thing, I have to change my tone of voice. Slightly. Maybe a different shirt, too. <laughs> <laughs> we did a whole wardrobe they ran in yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, I need a sincere wardrobe <laughs> right now. Something, uh, I need something made of hemp. Um, yeah, I would say it's a mostly, I would say it's mostly comedic premise. And then there's a grain of truth, but it more comes out of, I actually do not blame uh, other people. I, I don't. I, I don't. Uh, if we're going to be sincere, I don't blame other people. I, I know that I have, uh, I spoke with your wife about this. I'm really busy mm -hmm. and I have uh, a wife and two kids and I'm really involved with them. I come from a big family and I do have a set of friends and it's very hard to get together with them. Very yes. hard. It's really hard to make it happen. You and I also live on opposite sides of this city, which shouldn't be a big deal, but it actually is a gigantic deal. Yeah, if you're listening and you don't know about Los Angeles, uh, you 
It takes 90 minutes for me to get to Conan's house at the wrong time of day, and it's only 19 and, miles. Yeah, and that's in a Learjet. I mean, that's, that's right. incredible. That's, that's an Apache and you have, you have an And you have post-apocalyptic cars that can drive over I, other cars. I've thought about just going straight over the Santa Monica Mountains to your house in the off-road vehicle, and I'm not ruling that Could out. Could you do it? Well, if that fucking P-21 Cougar could get himself from there over to Griffith Park, I assume I must be able to. Yeah, you yeah. could do it in your vehicle, just right? just need some mobile ramps and stuff. Oh, that's a problem. But there's a couple interesting things to explore, which is one is that just might be you, right? You might not be ultra social and you might be very satisfied being with your family and using all the time you're not at work for your family. And then that would be fine. But even if you were fine with it, You'd have to relieve yourself of this expectation that people should have a ton of friends. Like, you couldn't just peacefully go, oh, you know what? I'm just not that kind of person. Because you inherently or innately just kind of feel like, well, what's wrong with me? Why don't I desire that? Yeah. But I wonder for you is, do you desire it or do you just not desire it? I think two things. I think one, uh, and this is very hard for people to believe, but it is true of a lot of people to get into comedy. A lot of people get into comedy or there's a strain of person that gets into comedy. And I think I fall into this category where there's a bit of a shyness. Mm -hmm. And people don't believe that I'm shy because I'm very verbal. I really do like people. I like to talk to them. But I am the kind of person who if I'm at home and I'm on the second floor and the doorbell rings, I'm really hoping (laughs) my wife gets it because (laughs) I'm – I need a little, like, I need to ramp up to going down and saying hi to someone. And and I don't think anyone listening to this would believe that that's true. Mm-hmm. But I do get a little shy. And also when I'm, when I'm in a uh, restaurant and I see other celebrities or people I've interviewed, I'm – I got to work up the nerve a little bit to go over there and say hi to them. Right. Because it's not my natural. I always think people want to be left alone. I they don't I don't want to bother them. Yeah, this is very uh, Boston of you. Yeah. But um what's kind of fascinating is um I too I didn't have social anxiety my whole life. I'm very I was very social. I love going to bars and stuff. Um being famous uh, it resulted in me having social anxiety, weirdly mm. enough. Because when right. I would meet strangers, I would feel, and again, I'm putting this all on myself. They'd yeah. probably be just happy to shake my hand, that be that. But I feel this obligation to deliver something to them when I meet them. I feel like from the second we start talking, it's on my shoulders to make this a memorable, interesting exchange. And quite often, if we're at a public place with a bunch of people, I don't. I can't do that forty-five times in one night, and I right. start just thinking, "Oh, that person left let down. Like, oh, that yeah. guy isn't nearly as fun or gregarious as he presents himself yeah. on Conan's talk show." So I, I feel like I have, as a result of of being, you don't even like that word, but yes, but being famous has has uh, definitely increase my level of, of social anxiety. That's interesting. I don't. Do you know- think you had it on the same level before? Oh, yeah. I think I had a little bit of that. I definitely had that shyness before. Um, I do think, to contrast myself with you, uh, I I do feel like people might expect me to um, entertain them a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I do it for everybody. 
Uh, sure. Unfailingly. Uh-huh, yeah. And then Sona, you can weigh in on this, but if the guy comes to change the smoke alarm yeah. in the house because, you know, uh, I want that person to have a satisfactory, entertaining moment with Conan <laughs> O'Brien. And and uh, if I'm at a party of 150 people and, uh, and it's some function where I'm supposed to talk to, uh, uh, you know, I'm supposed to mingle and talk to them. It's some yeah. function for the network. I will get to everybody, uh-huh. and I will give them my full. Uh, it's been described. you'll give them the platinum package. I, I, call I it. everybody gets it. <laughs> yeah, everybody yeah, gets right. it, and it's not a status thing. I do it. I am running for something. I'm running for some high office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't even know what it's for. Well, I know what it, for me it is, and this is something that I've had to like really work at is. Um, the notion that someone would walk away and not like me is so painful. Yes. My own yes. ego yes. of like someone like someone's gonna walk away and go, Oh, he's an asshole in real life. I find that to be you know, painful. The, yes. the thought of yes. that. Yes. But through having kids, it has helped move me a little bit closer to a healthy place, which is I am generally quite nice if you meet me out yes. at a restaurant. You're a nice guy. <clears throat> if I'm with my kids, I'm not very nice. Because yeah. it's their time, it's no one else's time. So right. if we're at the airport and people want to take pictures and stuff with us, I, I'm I'm not mean, but I'm very direct in that this is their time. Yep. And I have had to become comfortable with the notion that, yep, some people on planet Earth are going to leave you and say, that guy's a dick, and tell people that I'll never meet that I'm a dick. Yes. And I just have to get comfortable with that because my priority is these two little girls. Yes. And I got to live with that. And you and, can't control that. And also... You can give them everything they want, but if it's a better story later on in a cocktail party that you're a dick, yes. then you're a dick. And that's, so that's right. and so you just talk to the person for 15 minutes to try and convince them that you're a good guy. <laughs> I'm a good person. And yeah. then you bought them some <laughs> I'm stuff on trial. in the airport, uh, you know, in the carried airport their bags gift shop them. and carried their bags. But then they're like, yeah, I met him. I don't know. It seemed like kind of a dick. And that's their story for the rest of their life because, it's frankly, a funner story. it's a more fun story. Um, let's get to this because, uh, really quick. I just love when, when you were on my show, he, he corrected my English like six or seven times. And I just said funner. And as it was coming out of my mouth, I go, he's not going to roll with that and just match my funner. He's going to say more fun, which is correct. I don't, did that I don't that? have, isn't it crazy how lightning fast these thoughts happen? Well, for me, I said it's, funner. And in the moment, those two syllables uh, came out of my mouth. I felt insecure. Oh. I thought about what you were going to do. Uh, all this stuff happened. That's weird, because I just instantly felt pity for you. Same shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's get to this. We just got to get it out of the way. Oh, okay. Uh, I made an attempt, uh, a good-hearted attempt. I came out of my shell. I reached out to you, and I said, let's, uh, after you had suggested it, let's really make this double date happen. But, hold on. That's insufficient. Hold on. That's not sufficient. Hold on. Okay, go ahead. You, uh, I, I put out there... Uh, how about three fourteen? No, 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 no. I'm not letting you proceed. Your your your, your timeline. You've jumped way too far ahead. Okay. Take so us. here's what's here's what really happened, which is I've been on your show 350 times. Yeah. We get along great on your show. We have yep. a great chemistry. Yes. Some of my finest chemistry is shared with you and my wife. That is a very specific rapport we have. Yes. And I ran into you in Santa Barbara at a party. Mm-hmm. And we started talking. Yeah. And there I discovered you love history. Yeah. And I love history. So we started really talking about history it a was, whole bunch. It was fun. To our wife's total 
erotic fantasy come true. Yeah. Um, was, they were they were touching themselves <laughs> yes. as we were discussing Grant's second turn. <laughs> yes. So in that moment, uh, also that you ride bicycles, you ride motorcycles. So that now we discovered, oh, we could be real life friends. Right. I just I think that's relevant. Sure. It's not like on the 29th appearance no, no. on your talk show, you were like, hey, let's hang. No, no. And we okay. talked about maybe getting together and we tried to yes. make it happen a few times. And yes. then I discovered you were a real three dimensional human being that I would be interested in hanging out with. But was that a surprise to you? Absolutely. I meet you on a talk show. Yeah. Yeah, you have a a persona during the talk show. Oh. Is it that different from who I am in real Well, life? you do a different voice like, I don't know, every two minutes. <laughs> now, if you imagine having someone over for dinner who's going to do a different voice every two minutes. Ugh, come on. I don't do a different <laughs> Well, let me in. I can entertain you. Oh, yeah. yeah. See? Yeah. yeah. Um, One of those mashed potatoes. Uh, listen, that was my catchphrase for 94. Are those 95. mashed potatoes? That was my catchphrase <laughs> in 94 slash 95. What are those, mashed potatoes? <laughs> uh, it was a big thing then. Look it up. It was just as uh, it was during Friends' first season. Here we go. I put out, how about 314, 315, or 324? You write back. You're really excited. And you say 315. I love that you're saying your exact sentences, but paraphrasing mine. <laughs> I don't feel like this is just I at all. Because I have this. the same I have the same shit on my phone that I also brought. Okay, with listen, me. I have this printed out on pieces of paper, which makes <laughs> me better. Okay? So we uh, established that the date would be three fifteen. Now you're a history buff. Mm-hmm. March fifteenth, <laughs> the Ides of March. Yeah, yeah. Do you know when what the uh, what happened on Ju- the Ides Julius of March? Julius Caesar was stabbed by Mark Antony. Um, right? It was uh, Brutus. Brutus, Brutus stabbed him? Brutus stabbed him. Yeah, Brutus stabbed him. Oh, not Mark Antony. I don't think Mark Antony. Do you like how I'm saying Antony? Mark Antony was his only friend, right? Yeah. Mark, yeah. Well, but Brutus was a friend. March 15th is a famous date. That you should when, could go sideways. <laughs> well, not just that. When a man is betrayed Betrayal, yeah. by someone he thought was his friend. <laughs> yeah, okay. The Ides of March. Okay, great. So you write me back. <laughs> and here's You better gets, read this shit verbatim because I have it. I have it right here. Um, I actually was delighted. So again, I'm going to interject because I'm down. the fucking did guest, I and I let you down? talk more when you were on my show. So okay, go let ahead. me talk for one second. Oh, here we go. Uh, hold, listen, hold on. Listen, stow, Max, stow your pistol. Order, order. Please. Stow your pistol. For Quiet, okay. Corley. I've got him on the ropes. Okay, and go. he says I'm doing voices all the time. <laughs> but it ain't true, I tell you. <laughs> it ain't true at all. I'm secure. I don't need to entertain constantly. <laughs> <laughs> You say perfect. I'll start fasting now. Three fifteen, March fifteenth! Exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your friend is telling you to flip the page. Uh, that's not my friend. This that's is like watching your ninety-year-old grandma kick your ass. It's laborious. <laughs> <laughs> then I reach out to you on the fifteenth and say, "Hey, is this happening?" Mm-hmm. You get back to me, and the only reason I'm bringing this up here's is that where you're... I insist you now go verbatim, which I'm now holding the same script as you. Okay, go ahead. Okay. You, you uh, let me your, do my part. You read your you part. Because, by the way, when I looked this up to find out who was right or who was wrong, and you'll soon learn I was wrong, I can admit that. That's all I wanted. I was upset to see that I was wrong, but then I was delighted by our exchange because it really delivered. You're very funny in your exchange. Can I say one thing just beforehand? The only reason I'm bringing this up and being so such a stickler is that on, I did your podcast – and I said, you canceled day of, and <laughs> you, right. d- you insisted <laughs> that, was that, impossible. You ne- that it was impossible That's that right. you would cancel day of. Yep. So I went back into the files. As did I. And when I realized that you canceled day of. 
Did you I do a had victory an, dance? I orgasmed. <laughs> okay, great. For the Good. first time in four years. <laughs> mostly <laughs> dust. A mix of most, dust. <laughs> mostly dust came out. Some lint. Yeah, lint <laughs> and a, uh, a Lincoln penny. So my friend Conan inquires whether or not we're on for that night. And here's my response. <clears throat> so when we made these plans and I picked this date, I knew I was shooting a sitcom, but at the time they told me we would shoot live on Fridays in front of an audience. Then I got the schedule last night and learned I will be shooting stuff tonight as well. For some weird reason, I'm attaching it. <laughs> I guess because it's very important to me that you know I'm not lying which in and of itself probably deserves some exploration. At any rate, I'm very bummed that this is the case, and I hope we can reschedule. Don't give up on me, Dad. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You made me your father. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh, and I did attach the, 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 the schedule, which, by the way, literally did come out the night before. Yes. So yes. I, I couldn't have really done a better job because I just found out basically when you found out. I understand. Not to excuse it. I still canceled on you day of, but can I, are you going to read your response or can I read yours? I don't think I yours have is my great. response. What so is you say, saying? you say, Dax, I called your line producer and you aren't even in the cast. <laughs> 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 he said, you never got the role and haven't worked in months. You need help, man. No problem. Let's do it some other time. Sure. It's not like I'm terminally ill or anything. Off to the doctor now, Conan. Right. It's just a brilliant response. So then I respond, ha, 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 ha. I give you like nine ha, ha, ha's. Yeah. You know how funny I thought it was. Quote, I called your line producer. I'm yeah. even quoting you. Yeah. You wrote back, I was told that's a thing. Yeah. A little self-deprecation at the end. Now, I look at that as a big victory for both of us. <laughs> it was a big victory. And you know what? I wasn't upset. I wasn't upset. The only reason I'm, we're talking about this now is that you insisted that on your podcast that. that you would never do that. And I just had to set the record straight. Yeah. That on the Ides of March, you stabbed me in the back. <laughs> I did. I watched you bleed on the steps. On, of the, the... <laughs> on the Senate floor. Um <laughs> But no, it is, you know, it is, we're, we're going to get together and you and I are going to talk about history and maybe the ladies can't, I mean, maybe the ladies can't be there if we're going to talk about history. Well, that's the other most predictable outcome of our night at the Farmer's Daughter Hotel is that you and I probably will just start passionately rolling around in the, in the binding of a grant biography. Yes. You exactly, know, exactly. smearing the pages on each other's faces. <laughs> <and> <laughs> Uh, listen, I, uh, I got to say that was probably my favorite moment you and I ever had on your show was I was going through what I think I am out of 10. Do you recall this? You probably don't. Yes, I do. <clears throat> and then I'm a six, but, but, but lucky for us men, women subconsciously average your personality in your looks and yes. they think that's what they're seeing. So I was telling you, well, my personality is a 10. Yeah. My looks are a six. Thank God my wife sees an eight when I walk in the door. Yeah. And then you said to me, what am I? And I said, well, your looks are a five. And you came unglued. And I'm like, well, hold on. I'm only giving myself six. Do you remember that? That was yeah, really fun. I don't understand why I was a five. I still don't there's, understand. There's, there's no comedy if I say six. There's comedy if I say oh, you one being lower sin- than me. I thought me. your whole thing <laughs> was that you're being sincere. No, on podcasts I am. On your show, I'm a liar and an instigator and a provocateur. Right. But you challenged being, all those guys. Okay, what am I? We're on the podcast mm-hmm. now. I think you and I are very comparable. I think you're a six. I think I'm higher than that. <laughs> okay, what do you think you are? Okay, I've got, <laughs> first of all, 
I think if I got a few things fixed. <laughs> well, no, 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 this is not the. Uh, yeah, listen to me. This is not the I have, post uh, makeover assessment. I have, this thin, is... I have thin, unattractive lips. I, okay. I could get those plumped out. Okay. I have rat like eyes. I have beady eyes. And I have an eye vein that shows up on camera. And, uh, and I, if I could get those things, I have killer hair. Uh-huh. I have, I'm a 12 when it comes to well, hair. Well, you can't go over 10. Okay, I'm a 10 in hair. Okay. Uh, I've got a, I work out, my body's in pretty good shape. It is, yeah. I'm going to give myself, for my age, I'm going to give myself an, an eight on that. Uh, but yeah, I got to get rat- I would go higher. I'd say if we're just talking your physique, at 55, you're a nine. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. So you're saying my face I don't drags me down- give a dra- shit. My face drags me down to a, uh, a Well, six. no, I'm not, I'm not averaging your body. I'm just going with your face and your personality. Okay. What's wrong with the personality? It's great. I'm it's really a 10. Okay. Your personality is a 10. Your looks are a 5. You go to, you, it makes you a 7.5. I've only got you by 0.5 in my um, scenario. I don't. <laughs> you don't like, accept that. Just it's good fi- for you. You've got a competitive flair. I got to fix this face. <laughs> we got to get you I gotta really some fix fillers, it, it sounds gotta, like, is what you want. You want some fillers in your lips? I want lips filler. I, I have to have the eyes uh, opened up a little bit. Why? Okay. Because when I look from You're side to side. You're going to have to go to Asia for that. That's a procedure that's done. I When frequently. I look from side to side, I look like one of those. I look like a rat looking around to see if the room is safe to enter. And, uh-huh. I, and I want that to go away. Okay. We can fix that. Yeah. And you can see my veins through my skin because of my, my pale complexion. That we're stuck with. Unless you want to wear an eye patch. Because they can't make your skin thicker, to my knowledge. I was thinking of having the eye or, vein removed. But then I found out that it supplies most of the blood to my brain. <laughs> okay. Then let's not do that. Although, you know what you could do is you could use this great product, Latisse, that women use to make their eyelashes thicker. I think if we got your eyelashes so thick and powerful, it could distract from that vein you don't like. Okay. What do you think of that? I'll do it. Okay, great. I think what we took away from all of this, and maybe this is why, I don't know, you sort of gave away the ending to maybe this whole podcast, which is that I may not want a lot of friends. I have a couple of friends who are really good friends. Yeah. And I have, uh, I have friends that go back 35 years. Mm-hmm who I talk to all the time, once, twice a week. Yeah. I'm really close with those people. You're also someone who historically has uh, remained friends with people you've worked with, which yes. I think is a pretty good sign. Yes. Oh, no, I'm a loyal friend. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't think I'm looking. That's why you've ruined this podcast. I try, I, I was really, hoping to. I don't think at the end of the day, I I would love to hang with you whenever we can make that happen, but I don't think I'm looking for a lot of celebrity friends, and I think yeah. we have to change the name of the podcast. Well, do they have to be celebrity friends? What's the point of having a regular friend? Well, that's, celebrity friend. You bring up you bring up a good point. This is going to sound terrible, okay? But I'm I do very well with the common man. I, I'm sure that's what, that's what the guy who installed your smoke detector told me. I ran into him in the hallway. He was doing some work here. So I said, hey there, common man. <laughs> you, you, I, I know your plight. <laughs> yeah. Did you take a mule here? Did you have any problem getting your mule up the driveway? <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this up. All right. But you are uh, you're an excellent. Can you feel how much I like you? I keep trying to make this go longer. Do you feel me trying to make this go longer? Because it's more time with you. I do, and it's pushing me away. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm getting feeling needy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's coming out. It's very needy. Okay. Um, 
But uh, loved this. Thank okay. you so much. And also, I'm I can't believe this hasn't come up yet. You are uh, you have you're killing it in the podcast world. So I am absolutely thrilled that you and that you took the time to to come here and do this because this is your. This is your métier. <laughs> I don't know what that word means. I'm is that French? Sure. Is it correctly? It sounds it? like matinee, like the Latin for matinee. Uh, Are you saying isn't. that it's something I do in the afternoons? Okay, no. <laughs> this is, this is uh, what you do. You've, uh, you took to it like a, a duck to water that hadn't been in water before, but then immediately liked the water. All right. God bless. You're yep. a good man. I love you, Conan O'Brien. I love you too, Dak Shepard. segment of Conan O'Brien pays off the mortgage on his beach house. A lot of beaches out there, but only one beach is the beach. (laughs) Why did your voice change? You heard me. Only one beach is the beach. (laughs) Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Say it with me. Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. You didn't. That's just a phrase. You don't have to say it with me. Uh, Myrtle Beach is 60 miles where you belong. Can you believe that? Everyone always talks about Myrtle Beach being the best beach. So much so that people refer to it as the beach. Yeah. The beach is where your best self comes out. Myrtle Beach has 60 miles of uninterrupted coastline and endless things to do on your trip. You love to eat, oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, I know the answer to that one. There are over 2,000 restaurants serving up fresh seafood, southern classics, and low country cuisine. Love music? Who doesn't? Live music is the soundtrack to the beach, or as I call it, the beach. <laughs> There's live music every night of the week, all year round. Plan your trip to the beach at visitmyrtlebeach.com. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think Car Shield. Car Shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call Car Shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me. Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice and protect yourself from the sky-high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com slash Conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com slash Conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. Hi, everyone. This is Matt again. So there's something slightly unique with this one in that you guys have semi-concrete plans to actually hang out as friends. Do you think that's actually going to happen? Yeah, I do for sure. I have a lot of shortcomings, but I am, and again, March 15th excluded, I am a man of my word. 
It did seem like you took great pains to show how stressed you were. That I included a document yeah. when I That's told more him I couldn't. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely think we will hang out. Sooner or later, he'll move east or I'll move west. There's no way we'll end our lives separated like this. You'll do it for each other? No, think? no. But just by some other set okay. of circumstance. <laughs> You've gone deeper than anyone else thus far. So thank you for that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Sona? Yes. It's time to play a little game we call True or False with Sona Mobsession. Y'all set? Not really. Okay, here we go. We were just uh, on tour, of course, Conan working hard. I go out and I do my, you know, 40 minutes up top. Then I go out at the end. I mean, I'm working hard going city to city, 18 city tour. Uh, you're there to help me out. True or false, you left me on the last leg of the tour. You took off. True or false? True. Ish. And did you leave me with anyone to help me? No. You left me alone? Yes. Would you like to talk about that at all? Do you feel I, bad about it? No. Okay. I don't feel bad about it. Because you took off and then it was up to me to carry on by myself. And it was tough. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty or anything. But if I were you, I'd feel a lot of guilt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first, I liked how you you said uh, Conan working hard. I just the, like to get that out there. In the beginning of this, like you're it, talking in the third person. When I hear you talk about this, I just hear you're so valuable that when you leave, there's a hole in my life. That's a nice way to look at it. And you know what? You are valuable to me. So okay. when you left, um, I thought, I hope this is for a good reason. Where'd you go? I went to a wedding. Whose wedding? I went to my friend Anais's wedding. My friend Anais and Roger got married in Anais London. in yeah. London. In London, is she a close relative? No. Oh no, she's a friend. You just went to a friend's wedding. I went to a friend's wedding. Yeah, I did. Did you think at all maybe I shouldn't go because I'm with Conan on this important tour? Do you want me to be honest? Of course. I didn't think about it at all. I also. I don't even know if I told you that I wasn't going to be there until you, like you did like a day before you I didn't left. you didn't you didn't and that's another point you didn't say anything to me like you know a month from now because you had to buy tickets to go to London mm -hmm. you had to make big arrangements yes to go you didn't say anything to me you just day before like oh yeah I'm not here tomorrow you're on your own good luck getting all of your shit together good luck with your tour. Laffy, chimpy boy. What? And then you took off. And you don't Who is this person? I've never even heard her name before. Laffy, chimpy boy. No, Anais. Who's Anais? I don't even know her. Who's Anais she? Anais is a friend of mine. So I, what? You've everything. Oh God, you have so many friends. I'm real popular. <laughs> I know, but, but sometimes I think you throw around the term friend a little loosely because you're just like, oh yeah, she's my friend. I got to go to London. Did you really have to go? You sound very jealous right now. I mean. Do you think you made the right call? Yes. I don't regret it even for a second. I, uh, uh yeah, I do. You, sh you now, shit on me you a lot. So what I, what I really did was you like having riffs where you make fun of how terrible I am at my job. So I just stepped away from that for a few days. So if you're asking me, Hey, did you miss me making fun of you incessantly for a few days? So you could go to London for a wedding. Yeah. It wasn't a hard decision to make at all. Okay. Quick question. You left, left me in the lurch. Uh, 
<laughs> but then you said that you were going to be back for uh, the next, the show at the start of the next part of the leg, which was in Chicago. Uh-huh. Were you there in time to go with us to Chicago? <laughs> no. No? That's right, you weren't. What What happened there? My flight got canceled. <laughs> Did you leave a little buffer there for that flight back so you could get back to your important job? No, I wanted to maximize my time in London. So I booked the flight for the morning of the show. You booked the flight in London for the morning of my show in Chicago <laughs> that you were supposed to be at. And then, oops, that didn't work out. You're on your own again, chimpy boy. But in my defense, do you make fun of me a lot? I do. I'm good at it. It might be the thing I'm best at. <laughs> now, now listen, let's make sure that we're honest here. Do you make fun of me a lot? Yes, okay. I do. It's I what think, I'm best at. I think we are both. <laughs> I think in each other, we have found the person. Isn't it crazy that the person you're best make, at making fun of in the world is Conan O'Brien? And the person I'm best making fun of in the world is Sona Mosesian. And then we happen to meet. Yes. And we happen to work together. It's destiny. This is like Lennon meeting McCartney. It's magical. I don't understand that reference at all. I'm sorry. They were singers long before there were, uh, you know, apps and stuff. Oh, that Lennon and McCarthy. McCartney. McCartney. <laughs> Wait, did you think I was talking about Vladimir Lennon and, yes. Joe, and Joe McCarthy? Uh, yes, Yeah, I you're did. like, you know what? You're I like, did. you're like, you're like, I'm Vladimir Lennon and you are red baiting- Yes. Red baiting commie hunter Joe McCarthy. It's yes. actually perfect. You, it's a perfect <laughs> analogy. We are the I perfect you analogy. Said McCarthy. And I was like, uh, Lennon and McCarthy, I don't understand that relationship at all. Oh my God. I this is great. I actually think we're perfect as you know what, let's leave it that way. Vladimir Lennon <laughs> and Joseph McCarthy. That's what we are. Yeah. Together. It's good. So one of us has a stroke at a pretty young age. And the other one dies of alcoholism. Mm -hmm. I'm happy. You're going to be the stroke one. <laughs> Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Special thanks to Jack White and the White Stripes for the theme song. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It too could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf.